It's Ben from the Streets Won't Forget podcast. I'm here at the Spotify New Camp watching Barcelona, and you can catch all of our latest episodes on Spotify now, or on Apple Music if Spotify is not your thing. Remember to give us a follow and rate us five stars, it really helps us out. Now, enjoy the episode. One, two, three, four. Gira can hit them. Did! Just there, he scored! Jorginho's done it! Yakubu making another glimpse of goal here! That is terrific! Hello and welcome to the Streets Don't Forget podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mountney. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host. First up, a man whose prized possession is a top trump card signed by Chris Kirkland. It's Ben Woolley. Oh, I'm in a lovely minority of one on that front, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know if there's anybody else, especially a listener who has a, a signed top trump card by Chris Kirkland. We should have a fan meetup if there is. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm also joined by a man who some say cooked Victor Wanyama spaghetti for the first time. It's Harry <laughs> Martinez. He was in his pyjamas <laughs> coming down the stairs and all. <laughs> Well, I'd like to start with, it's a bit of a random start, I'm going to be honest, but I'd like to talk about John Obi and Mikel, and more specifically, a clip of him I stumbled across, where he's talking about Eden Hazard, but that, that's not the important thing. So I'd like you both to watch the clip now and answer me one pretty straightforward question. Why is he wearing his headphones like that? Yeah. <laughs> what the f*** is he doing? <laughs> he's got, why has he got the one upside down? Mate, he, looks he, like, he looks like he's out of the film Tron. It just looks very futuristic, <laughs> but also naff. I love that none of the people in the booth with him thought to mention it either. They're just kind of Why going along. Why would you not say something? Like, it looks like he's quite understand. deep into talk there as well. So he's obviously been like that for a while. Oh yeah, this is deep into whatever they're recording. Like This clearly isn't the start. I've got a feeling he's saving his haircut. He's got a fresh trim. <laughs> he's definitely saving it. I mean, the fade is looking pretty clean. but I don't know, this is inexcusable. It's, it's unacceptable. Um, Harry, I believe you, you've got something you want to discuss as well. Oh, well, I think it's round two for my fat corner. Oh, and, yes. uh I've got more football facts that are weirdly true. Okay. And some of them, I, I, well, lots, most of them you see, you think, oh, I've seen this a thousand times. These are all right. These are pretty good. So uh, the first one is Javier Mascherano's first game in senior football was for Argentina's national team and not for his club, River Plate. I feel like I knew that one, but it's still really strange. Oh, isn't that weird? Uh, a second one for you. Um, only one of Ruud van Nistelrooy's 150 goals for Manchester United were from outside the box. Wow. Hulk scored 77 goals for Porto, 77 goals for Zenit, and 77 goals for Shanghai. And then married his second cousin. <laughs> yeah, the, the wedding lasted for 77 minutes. All right, here's, here's one that's crazy. I, I, I remember hearing this, but I don't really remember it. it was uh, Bayern Munich and Inter Milan have had a player in every World Cup final since 1982. That is a ridiculous stat. Yeah. Oh, here's, here's one of the favourites for you. A woman that we can only go off what other people's opinion of her is, and it's not very bright. It's not Karen no, Carney, is it? <laughs> no, it's not Karen Carney. It's another Karen. While director at Birmingham City, Karen Brady sold her husband, Paul Pesci Salido, to Stoke for 400 grand. This is true. Oh. I've seen this before. This is true. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine having an argument with her and she starts lowering the asking price by like 50k a time? <laughs> <laughs> she really wants to get rid of him. You've yeah. not done the dishes again, Paul. It's time to go. <laughs> Here's one for, for you English boys. Owen Hargreaves is the only player to have played for England without previously lived in the United Kingdom. Oh. Oh, and another top one for you. Uh, this is the, I'm going to end it on this one because this one's just so weird. It's great. Bringing celery to Stamford Bridge is, an outlawed, is outlawed and could get you a lifetime ban. What? Celery? Yeah, I think it, they celery. had a celery chant, didn't they? And I think they used to throw celery on the pitch. Really? I've never heard that before. Speaking of uh, Mascherano being at River Plate and not get a call, I'm not going to call up after playing for the senior team. Willie, were you discussing River Plate earlier, weren't we? Well, yeah, so it was the Super Classico yesterday. I don't know if either of you have seen the result. I didn't. You, told, you were going to tell me about it. So so River won with a very late-on penalty. However, that's not really what stole the headlines. 
is that in the ensuing minutes, there ended up being 15 minutes added time because the entirety of both teams descended into a massive brawl. Of course. Welcome to South America. With both teams stalking the pitch. And in one of the most streets won't forget performances I've ever seen, rather than dealing with it in one go, the ref walked around the pitch and both benches for three minutes, individually red carding players, <laughs> and then deciding he wasn't done, and walking back to the same bench to book more to send more people off. An absolute Six. job's worth. Including the Bocker's backup keeper, who I can only assume went flying studs into the pitch despite not doing a single thing the entire game. But your Tito Villanova versus Mourinho vibes, isn't it? It kind of puts our derbies into perspective, really, doesn't it? It is nuts. Like, I don't think there's a lot of lot of places I'd go to to watch football, but I don't think I'd I don't think I'd go to Argentina or Brazil. It just looks way too violent. How much go. money would you need to be paid to referee a match in Brazil? Uh, pff, somewhere in the millions. Yeah, be a lot. How many countless clips have you seen of referees getting like badly assaulted? Well, there was that story from the Brazilian League of a referee who had a gun, and honestly, I can see oh, yeah. why he brought yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. blame him. Well, was it was it in Brazil or was it Bolivia where the referee had a gun pulled on him by the owner of the club who'd also been happened to be on the bench? Because I think it's Bolivia. He's a fellow who owned the club, and he put himself on the bench and made his yeah, son I'd captain. Seen it. Yeah, and I think and he, he pulled a gun the on, the, on, the, on the ref. Dimitri Seluk, who is Yaya Torre's agent, has confirmed uh, that a curse that was put on the club uh, and them never winning the Champions League has now been lifted. So I wanted, I wanted, us, I wanted us to discuss our favourite football curses. And I'm... They must have finally got him a birthday cake. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to kick us off because I found a really, really good one. Please, do carry on. Um, so, in 1906, Birmingham moved to St Andrews, their current stadium. Uh, and the, the land was formerly occupied by gypsies, who placed a hundred-year curse on the club. Uh, apparently, the club had tried to lift it multiple times, including manager Ron Saunders hanging crucifixes from the floodlights. Uh, and they were relegated that season. They decided to do that, so uh, that that went well. Uh, and then this is where it gets <laughs> this is where it gets humorous. Uh, in December 1993, Birmingham appoint Barry Fry as manager. Before I continue with this story, there's two important things you need to know about Barry Fry. Firstly, he's a bit of a character. Secondly, <laughs> he is a <laughs> football manager. Both of which are important to this story. So he wins the two of his first three games, and then over the next three months, 15 games, they don't win a game. So Barry's getting desperate. So what do you think Barry does? Does he change tactics? Boost morale in the squad? No. Barry's own words, he does this. I called in a bloke to lift the curse, and he told me the only way to fix it was to go and piss in all four corners of the ground. <laughs> I'm not normally superstitious. After three months, I was willing to do anything, so I went and took a leak on all four corner flags. It took me a while. It's not easy to piss that many times. <laughs> Lo and behold, we went on to win seven of our next ten games, drawing twice and losing just once, so it must have worked. Well, unfortunately, it didn't work because, predictably, they got relegated at the end of that season. Oh, mate, he hasn't pissed in all four corners. He's pulled out a tin of Foster's <laughs> in each corner. Why isn't this kind of thing an option on Football Manager? <laughs> <laughs> I lose four in a row. I can't go and piss on my own pitch. <laughs> Don't ask for more sports scientists. I want to ask for a gypsy woman to come and lift the curse. <laughs> uh, have you, either of you got a curse? Not, not, not on you personally, just a football <laughs> Yeah, I had a really rough time in Romania a few years ago. Yeah, so it's one for me that I'm sure you're both aware of. You know the good old Aaron Ramsey goal curve? Oh, yeah. Now, this one is fantastic. For those of you who don't know, it started in, I think, 2009, where Ramsey scored and then an American senator died three days later. And this has kept going for almost his whole career, including... Now, I think 29 people hell. have passed away shortly after his goal. Would you like the pick? You've got blood on list? your hands, Rambo. You've got blood on your hands. Don't tell him that. He's fuming every time someone brings it up. So some of the people that Ramsey has or has not killed are Steve Jobs, Osama Bin Laden. I knew the Bin Laden one. I think that's probably the most Colonel Gaddafi. One. Oh, my God. Oh, my Whitney word. Whitney Houston, Paul Walker, Robin Williams, Nancy Reagan the... Little shout out for her. 
Well, Sir Roger Moore and Sir Bruce Forsyth. I'm absolutely going to have to bleep, by the way. <laughs> uh, Stephen Hawking, Burt Reynolds, uh, George H.W. Bush. So we've got a thing for American politicians, apparently. Keith Flint, and then recently Olivia Newton-John. That is crazy. The thing about this is, like, it's it's clearly just a really awful coincidence. But when it happens so mm. many times, it does look a bit weird. I because reckon you could find probably... this pattern for a lot of players. I was though, about because... to say, I reckon there's loads of players who have scored, yeah. and then this has happened for. But 29 times? It, I'm, setting, I'm setting a challenge now. I'm setting a challenge now. One of you needs to come back next week with another player curse. I mean, surely Haaland's got it. Haaland, Haaland Haaland's a mass murderer game. if he's got a curse. Literally, there's him and Ronaldo. They've probably scored every game. Messi. Surely there's people dying after they score. <laughs> Not because of him scoring. <laughs> well, I'd like to um, bring it back down to South America, if I may. Oh, no. And this is going to be reference awful. One of one of the best oh, no. curses ever. Because to this day... I, I always remember this being one of the first and most popular I've heard. So if you haven't heard it, it is the curse of the dead cats. It's Argentine club Racing uh, who was celebrating their Intercontinental Cup in 1967. And um, the fans of their greatest rivals, Independiente, broke into the uh, El Cilindro Stadium and buried the corpses of seven black cats. And that's when the curse and Racing's drought began. When the barren run got too long, the club staged an exorcism and dug up the ground to remove the corpses. However, oh only six cats were found and the curse was still on. In 2001, they finally find the remains of the seventh cat during the renovation of the ground. At the, at, and right at the end of that season, Racing won the league for the first time in 34 years. Jesus. That curse does sound Mate, real. Imagine. Isn't it crazy? It's South America as well. Cat. It's it's 100% real if it's South America. Like, I just Oh yeah. What what was the one at the World Cup? Was it 2010 where the bird landed on England's goal? On the crossbar. That was yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And there was a witch doctor who claimed he'd sent the bird to curse England. <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. School. It's yeah. so good. There's some really good ones out there. Oh, there really are. There's some really good ones. There's the ones like never never touch the European trophies. Like if yep. you don't t- if you touch the Champions League you don't win it. I think four players have touched it and gone on to one of them being Ludovic Juli who's appeared again in this uh, podcast. Well, Arsenal had that superstition about new goalkeeper shirts after a rather hazardous cup final. Oh yes, where I think didn't the guy go to make a save and the ball slipped off his shiny new yeah, shirt? Yeah, this was in like then, the thirties or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, since then they've always had to have like a washed goalkeeper kit. Do you think, obviously, we start this conversation based off Man City's Champions League curse being lifted. Imagine if Haaland touches the trophy if they get to the final on the way out. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. this, this, be, this is unstoppable force meets a move of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's Haaland versus the football gods, <laughs> and I don't know who my money's on because he's the determined. It's Yaya Tori's backup witch doctor versus Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, to finish off our, our little our little newsy section, uh, we have some big news. Going back to episode four, we couldn't decide whether Adel Tarapt or Hatan Ben Arfa should be voted into the Hall of Fame, if you both remember rightly. Yeah. Indeed. So, we let you, the listeners, decide for us in an unprecedented move, and the results are now in. Ooh. The newest member of the Streets Don't Forget Hall of Fame, with 60% of the votes, is... Adelta wrapped. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's it's hard to disagree with that. I think either yeah. was a good option. Yeah. Well Oh, he's stuck it up to the listeners already. The listeners Look at him go. They've done a job for us. They've done well. They've done well. Uh, are we are we ready to vote somebody else in though? I yeah, think so. sure, why not? Uh, so it's come to our attention that we've only really discussed attacking players on this podcast. So we thought it was about time we gave the unsung heroes some love. But today we're gonna vote a defender into the streets won't forget Hall of Fame. And would you like to get us going? Who have you got? Mentioning Arsenal before is quite a nice little segue for the man I'm about to suggest. Oh yes, I already know this is going to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna open my statement by saying that I am not putting this man forward for any ounce of footballing ability whatsoever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it it had to be the man, the myth, the legend, Emmanuel. Ibuay. Oh come on, I'm excited. Let's let's do this. I like this. He's a, so, he's a good man. We've talked about some class players over the last few episodes. Now we're talking about a class man. 
So obviously, I'm guessing we'd all know him from his Arsenal days. Was there for seven years, I think. Was I guess more of a bit part player at times. Obviously, replaced well replacing Lauren early on. However, the list of shenanigans—that's <laughs> probably the best word for it—that Abule has gotten up to during his time in the Premier League is nothing short of ridiculous. So the first one I want to give you. There was a time when Ibue was invited to a party at Gilberto Silva's house. <laughs> and I, I want to read you a quote from Emmanuel Adebayor oh, yeah. as to what happened when he got there. <laughs> when he said, it was at Gilberto's house. It wasn't even a fancy dress party, but there was Ibue dressed as a tiger with a tail and everything <laughs> waiting for me behind the door. When I arrived, he made a big noise like a tiger roaring. For a moment, I thought I was in a big panic, but then I saw him and thought, oh, it's only a boy. <laughs> and this tells you exactly what kind of man he was. He's a furry. Yeah, you know what? You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of weird, I guess, love for life in general kind of keeps cropping up because when he just signed for Arsenal, he was looking for ways of entertaining himself oh god in otherwise lonely days i suppose harry you've probably come across this in your football i have yes he's probably done Uh, it he asked yeah he asked his twitter (laughs) followers for something to do during his his days off and they suggested he goes uh and he goes and have a wank Uh, poor Ibue, not too familiar with the UK slang, very innocently asked <laughs> if it was a kind of biscuit. <laughs> the tweet is so famous, it's just, guys, what is a wank? Is it a type of biscuit? Is it a type of biscuit? <laughs> you, hang on, so, sorry to interrupt, but you've jogged my memory of a story about wanking. It's football related, so don't worry. Oh no, um, what a segue. I was reading something about, uh, it was like Paul Gascoigne's 50 funniest stories. And, um, oh god, here we go. But there was one oh, no. about uh, when Mirandina arrived at Newcastle in the mid to late eighties. I think he was the first Brazilian to ever play in England, and obviously he had no grasp on the language. So Gascoigne, <laughs> Gascoigne took it upon himself to teach him English. And one of the things he told him was that it wasn't Wednesday; it was Wank Day. I've seen this. I have seen so this. So Mirandina oh, was going round saying Happy Wank Day and things like this to everybody in the Newcastle squad. Oh no! <sighs> so back to Abuay. Uh, not only, though, was he an incredible character off the pitch, he was a revolutionary player just to the side of it on the bench. Because the man revolutionised a new kind of warm-up. For oh, yes! yes. Oh, I just you yes. link. And I'd like you to uh, to give this a little... I know exactly what this is. Is this the frog? Is yeah, I'd, the... I'd just like you to tell me what the f*** he thinks he's doing. Oh, my God, yeah. For those of you at home, Ibue decided that the regular style of warm-up where you get off the bench and run around to a bit to actually use your muscles wasn't really his kind of style. So instead, he starts some weird gymnastic routine from his seat. He's just passing it off as well as though he's just doing the normal. Oh, the completely normal thing. But I think the, the most famous one that we all know of was the 2010 World Cup. Oh, mate, he was incredible. That was just so funny. Where he's, he's playing, obviously, for the Ivory Coast, and they're playing a game against North Korea. And I think it's getting to the second half. The Ivory Coast are about 3-0 up. And North Korea make a sub. And Ibue decides to wander over to the manager, giving an instruction to his substitute, and stand there listening, hands on his hips, nodding along, (laughs) as if he knows exactly what the guy's been saying. So funny. (laughs) And there's two ways this is going to go. Ibue either knows Korean out of nowhere and knows exactly what the guy's saying to him, or he hasn't got a... Clue and has decided that this is his special plan to try and psych them out. You've forgotten about the third where he gets seeked out by Kim Jong Un. <laughs> There's another really good Abuwe story. Have you heard the one about him meeting the Queen? Yes. Oh yeah. So what is it? He went. They so, went to meet the Queen at Buckingham Palace, didn't they? Yeah. And I think it was Henri before they went in. Turned to him and said, "Don't do anything stupid." Inside. Yeah, I've got, I've got <laughs> the quotes here. So this is what Abuwe said about it. He said, "We went there, and Thierry Henry said to me, please, Emmanuel, this is Buckingham Palace. It's the Queen's house. Don't do anything.'" <laughs> and then he continues. On, I said, "No problem. Don't worry." 
So the queen came in and she went along shaking each player's hand. She finished, uh, and I saw all of her corgis, so I said, Mom, Mom. She turned back and asked, how are you? And I said, Mom, I'm okay, thank you, but please, I don't want to be a footballer anymore. I want to look after your dogs. I want to take them for walks, <laughs> wash them, feed them. I want to be a dog carer. <laughs> he's just so he's so ridiculous, isn't he? He's just so ridiculous at the extreme, and I love it. But all of it's it's really oddly sincere. Well, you can tell he's not doing it to like for attention or something. He's just genuinely a nice bloke. He just loves life. He does. I mean, to, and... If you if you actually wanted another reason, I do always remember that goal he scored against Real Madrid in the uh, Champions League. That's an absolute screamer. Yeah, when he's playing for Galatasaray, mate, absolute screamer. So there is an ounce of tiny bit of of uh, football ability <laughs> in there. I was say, we should probably talk about his football on the. There's, football no, there's nothing to talk about. Is this? It's a song for it. Do you remember the game when he got subbed on for Arsenal and he played so badly he got subbed off? Yeah. That is a classic. It's hard to overlook. He was really. quite prone to that. Yeah. The thing is, he, he won some silverware in his career. I think he got three Super League titles with Galatasaray and a Turkish Cup and all of this. But he was never, I guess... Good. At, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to be tactful about it, but he was just a bit... His whole career, but he spent seven years at Arsenal, 132 appearances. So there must have been at least something there. Damn it, but the character. The streets won't forget him. Yeah, but it's not for what he did. Yeah, on the I, I think his streets won't forget, but not for his ability. I think as a as a an icon for his off field antics and just how funny he was. Absolutely, his streets won't. Forget. He almost ran so that Balotelli could walk. They're like they're like the opposite ends of the spectrum, where you've got. Ibuwe, who's just this really nice, sincere bloke who just does dumbass things. <laughs> and then Balotelli sits off fireworks in his own bathroom. Yeah, so. I don't think they're really comparable. I think Balotelli is just a clinical moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness oh. me. Have you got anything else you'd like to add on Ibuwe, or is that enough? <laughs> uh, you know, I think we'll leave it with a nice sort of ASMR moment to recreate the time when, I don't know if you've seen it, he's getting interviewed in Turkey. And the interviewers go through some questions and he leans round and just starts blowing seductively in their ear. <laughs> and the interviewer what? Have you never the seen most this? freaked out I have I ever seen. Oh, it's that, so yeah. funny. I don't know what he's doing. It is a bit weird, but... What do you even say to that? What do you do? Like If, if, I, if I started what doing do that you to you do? in the pub, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, the, the correct answer is you just start blowing in his ear back. <laughs> yeah, that closes my argument for a... a what a bloke. The, all on the football pitch, but what a man off it. What a man. You can't help but love no, him. No, you can't. You genuinely can't. I hated him as, as an Arsenal fan. I hated him as a player, but you've, you've got to love him as a person. So good. Well, I'd like to uh, I'd like to put forward another Premier League icon, but for, actually for his footballing ability. And I think this is one of the most underrated fullbacks in Premier League history. That man is Leighton Baines. Ah, oh, I see we're talking about someone who was actually good at football. Yeah, the man who looked like he had a haircut from his 60s English Oh, this is, what I, this is one of the things I have written down. I, the one thing I loved about him, at no point in his career did he look like a footballer. He always looked, no, he never he looked like the unknown fifth member of the Beatles. He, he looks did. like you've tried to find uh, the Gallagher brothers on Wish. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, the worst thing is I've got a mate who looks exactly like him and we actually changed his name to Baines after so many years. Right, no, can you please get a photo and put it in the chat now? We're obviously not going to put this yeah, on I'll social media, it. but I'll I need it. to see this right now. I'll find okay. it for you. Well, while you do that, I'm going to continue. Uh, he had a wand of a left foot, let's be honest. Like, the way he could strike a ball, yeah, he did. especially free kicks. The man's dead ball was incredible. Yeah. Some of his free kicks are outrageous. A Newcastle away... Uh, 2013, I think it was. 35 yards, laces, top corner. It's absolutely beautiful. Earlier in that season, away at West Ham, he scored two free kicks in the same game. And he put them in opposite corners. They were essentially from the same spot on the pitch and he put them in opposite top corners both times. Yeah, mate, he's, he was a baller. Uh, didn't he take penalties as well? Well, this is the other thing. So, he is one of the statistically one of the best penalty takers in Premier League history. He took 22 penalties... 
scored 20 with a success rate of 90%. It makes him the ninth best taker in the Premier League's history. It's been strike and checks beaten. Everton have levelled. Leighton Baines with a moment of magic. 1-1 at Stamford Bridge. It looks as though we're going to penalties. Oh, just before you go on, Wooly, you've actually met him. I've actually met him. You've met the fellow that looks like Leighton Baines. Oh, I thought you meant I met Leighton Baines. <laughs> no, mate, he's great. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I've been to watch a couple of well, games. The one on the left. He, on the when left. he was younger, he, he looked more like him. He looks cool like uh, Leighton Baines. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, mate. What are you talking about? Back in the day, he did. Yeah, Back in the day, he did. I can't find a better picture because your teacher who's deleted his social you medias. Uh, there's the stinky opinion of the day, sort of. Oh, goodness me. Also, the other thing I'd like to ask you about Leighton Baines is how many England caps do you think he had? Uh, nah, he played quite a lot, I think. It was in between Ashley Cole and, and whoever was after Leighton Baines, which I can't remember. Actually, I think he... No. I reckon he got about 28. He got 30, which is way more than I thought he'd have. Wow. I thought he'd have, like, 10, 15... Yeah, I remember he kept getting selected. Um, I think it was a time where we had lo- you had loads of right backs, but no. I left don't backs. really ever remember him playing for England. I, I remember him. I remember having the shoehorn. Uh, was it Glenn Johnson into left back oh, for a bit, and then they went through. Uh, they went through Danny Rose. Then still hoping for his move to Milan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according to this, he played nine times for England in 2013. I, remember. I don't remember a single one. No major tournament, this is, this I guess. This is what I was about to say. I reckon it's because yeah. obviously we didn't qualify for Euro twenty twelve. I don't. I think yeah. he missed out on every major tournament. Yeah, I, I remember. I just remember England going through that time of having no left backs but loads of right backs, and he was he was that only left back they had. I think, but he had, I think he had a lot of injury issues. Yeah, for a little bit, as he? ridiculous as this might sound, is he up there with the best Premier League fullbacks of all time? I think when you look at him in terms of. Like dead ball deliveries, crossing, link mm. up play. Didn't he hold the record for the most assists for a defender until? Uh, I think possibly, yeah. He's also, I think he's he also did. got the fourth most goals of any defender in Premier League history as well. That think, is a lot. Yeah. He was, he was, I guess, like a dependable fullback who was good going forward. And in terms did of he, how good he was, he was incredible. Did he play Prem for Wigan? Yeah, he did for like a season, I think, yeah. a season or two. So he's still, yeah, he's still so, he didn't have all of his career in the Prem though, did he? He would have had a couple in the Champions. I think it was like one or two, yeah. Yeah, well he spent five years at Wigan, didn't he? And then his entire career at Everton, pretty much. When, when did he, didn't he go back to Wigan after he left Everton? No, he retired, I think. Yeah. No, he retired at Everton. Oh, uh, did he? I talk could have sworn he Yeah, and he's there under 18s, manager. Yeah, he is, yeah. Is he? Him and, him and um, Seamus Coleman at the time were really good fullbacks in the league. I mean, I remember... I think it was before they had, uh, before they got ruined by Roberto Martinez. <laughs> I think they had they had a decent decent defensive record. I think that those two were were key parts of going forward as well. And obviously, Leighton Baines was really good at the set piece. I, do I think he's one of the best in the Premier League? Do you know what? Sometimes you think he he could get overlooked because of how good other English left backs have been. Does he also have the problem of playing for Everton? Well, this is the thing. They weren't challenging yeah. for trophies. He didn't really shine on the European stage. He, he's he's the kind of player I'm surprised United didn't spunk like forty million on. To be honest, yeah. In 2015, he made his 45th assist in the Premier League to overtake Graham Lasso as the defender with the most in the division's history. That is insane for a player that who talks about him now. Nobody, not a lot. He's absolutely lot. streets won't forget. Like nobody ever speaks about him, but he was genuinely. A brilliant footballer. Yeah, he was a good player. It's always you think he was so good on set pieces. It's a shame they didn't play him further forward. But mm. he's such a, he was a dependable fullback. Well, there was the something time, while so. I was doing my research. So apparently, uh, Roberto Martinez wanted him to play in midfield at one point. It never actually happened. I did want him to play in midfield. I mean, yeah, I, he would have been good. That. He just didn't have the pace, did he? Didn't have the pace to be. Didn't on need the, wing. the pace when you got yeah. a left foot like that. It's fine. It just gives you such a different yeah. option oh now we've discussed somebody brilliant i'm sure harry's going to bring it right back down with somebody who's god awful so who have you got uh well i've gone with the um 
the one and only Ian Hart. No, I wasn't <laughs> with Ian Hart. I've got, I've got with a man who had a left peg built for a Serbian thunder, <laughs> and that is Alexandra Kolarov. What is a Serbian? Sorry, a Serbian what? Sim, <laughs> mate. He's a Serbian thunder. <laughs> yeah. Don't Google <laughs> Serbian thunder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You will not you like get, anything. You might be on some kind of list. It's a colloquial name for a Sarbon. <laughs> oh, yes. I knew you'd bring the tone down. Right, so before you make it any worse, do you want to talk about him as a footballer? Yeah, so, I mean, we all remember Kolarov for some insane free-kick goals with a left peg that could do it anything. I mean, he, he was known for that absolute power strike of just putting one top bins, but... Couple of the free kicks he scored, a proper up and down, bend it over the wall. He had he had so much ability in that left foot. And on the back of that, I think you've also got to look at the fact that anyone who came up against him was scared less of him. He loved a good old tackle. He was a built like a brick house and knew where to put his left peg. Brick. He was he was class. Brick. <laughs> It's he funny was... you say that, because I, I think I mostly remember Kolarov as not being as good as Gail Cleese. Yeah, Kolarov Kolarov won a lot for me. And also also, there's something you've forgotten. We made a rule a couple of episodes ago. Do you remember the rule, either of you? Is it No Man City players? It is indeed, and you've broken it. Oh, it was no I'll Man go City with his Roma spell. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, at Roma, he scored more goals and less appearances than he did at Man City. Um, I think I, he was part of that team that had that dramatic win over Barcelona as well, I think. And I think what you've got to look at is the fact that he's capped in a, an international side at a World Cup as well. I mean, he's obviously a very good player and I think we always remembered him for being uh, part of that Man City team. But I think his later years were definitely his better years. He was part of that Man City team. Don't remember, he had some stunning free kicks. Like, his left foot was just a rocket sometimes. Yeah, he did. I think he's another one of the victims of City's success. But then again, if he was good enough, they'd have played him. I mean, he- Made 165 appearances for him. He played a he lot did. of games. How many I get the issue I have with Alexander Korov is the fact that he was a left back wearing number 11. I mean, yeah, that's an excuse. It's unacceptable. Korov to hit this, and he really can hit them. It's a good hit. It's a goal from the skipper, Alexander Korov. Fantastic free kick. One nil Serbia. I remember him being played at left wing sometimes by Pep, but you know what Pep's like. He will stick a player anywhere. I just don't think he's I don't think he's that he good, was... I'm gonna be honest with you. I just never oh, right, okay, never then. really rated him. I think he was like one of those left backs of the Premier League that you think had that beast of a left foot. It's just I don't know whether he was anything different from that. Like he's not remembered for anything else apart from that left foot. The thing is, I, I can remember his left foot. But I don't remember a specific goal he scored. I remember the free kick he scored against Real Madrid in the Champions League. That was a beauty. That was an absolute beauty. And I, he scored a lot of good goals. It's just, you know, you're kind of comparing him then to John Arnaurisa. And I think John Arnaurisa scored many more Is better Conor goals. retired? Yeah, yeah. He was at Inter Milan for two seasons and then and then he retired. He technically won 2022. a league title there. Yeah, he won a league title there. He's He scored in... Um, both Rome derbies. Yeah, he made he made ten appearances um, for Inter, so I'm not sure he got a, a medal. <laughs> that's in the league, so I think he did. But that's across two seasons. Uh, maybe he did. I mean, it's included on his list of oh, honors. Word. On his yeah, list he of did get one. Word. No. <laughs> he did get one. If City win the league, are you give Scott Carson a medal? No, I guess technically. And he has to make five appearances. So, he won two league titles with Man City and one with Inter Milan. Meaning he has the same number of titles as Emmanuel Aboué. Um, mate, I'm not saying he's the greatest left-back of all time. I just think he scored some very good goals and was nice to watch on the ball. Yeah, it's, I think it's a weird one because he feels like the kind of player who should be good enough to go on the list. But he's just not. Like, I, It's hard to explain because I guess there's nothing that I really remember about him apart from the fact that his left foot was good. But if, left, if his left foot was that good, why can't I remember it more? Yeah, I, uh, well, I'll support you there. I'm not suggesting he's a bad player. I think... Oh, no, not at all. You but... don't have a career for as long as he did with as many good teams as he did. I think it's hard to find fullbacks that are, are not known for either their goal-scoring ability or, or their character. And I think you've got two there that are better at both of those things than Alexander Kolarov. Do you think it's 
Because when you're you're that good as a fullback, you're not really forgotten because it's, I guess, rarer. Yeah, it's where... kind of one of those positions where if you're doing your role well, you might not get praised for it as much as as much as like a striker or a winger or, or, or a midfielder, you know? Unless you're playing in a team where you're like Trent and you just put on set pieces. Midfielder now, mate. Can't defend. That's true. <laughs> Are we ready to vote? That that seemed like a short and sweet one. We did kind of shoot him down all the time. Oh, come on, no. Yeah. Collar roll. Yeah, can we, actually end this? can we actually end this pretty soon? I need to go cry for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm ready to take a vote anyway. Can I go first? You can go first. Yeah, right, go first. Well, I think why we did this pod is for Streets Won't Forget Players, but we never, you never include outside of football and ability. And I think a character of a player will always get you that memory of... of of a reoccurring of, of where you were and, and what you what you did on the pitch and off the pitch and for that reason I think I'm going with Emmanuel Abue I think it's just something beautiful about having a character like him in this Streets Won't Forget Hall of Fame I think it's what this is about it's having a player that you remember for <laughs> either banging goals or tricky skills or just being an absolute <laughs> house and for that reason I am going for Emmanuel Abue. Um I am going to vote for my own player controversially but I'm going to vote for Leighton Baines yeah, I think I think there's a reason behind it for you know his football ability and the the fact he did not look like a footballer. <laughs> no, no, but he was a bloody brilliant footballer, and I think he is way too forgotten. I think he'll play your Wonderwall if you put him in nicely enough. <laughs> and it's up to you. And uh, and I'd like to vote for Harry's original choice of Matty Taylor. Oh, oh what my player. God, we right? No, I'm not having this. We 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 decide beforehand, just so the listeners are aware of who we're going to pick, and we let each other know so there's no duplication. And Harry said Matty Taylor, who yeah. was a midfielder. I was struggling for fullbacks, mate. I was struggling. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. So I went for a fellow who played who played fullback every now and then. Maybe this is just highlighting our <laughs> ball knowledge. That's about <laughs> the See, it's one where. It's it's head and heart again, isn't it? Yeah. Where my head says it's Leighton Baines. He's the best player of the three by far. I remember his set pieces; they were incredible. He's so forgotten, but you don't love football with your head. And Abue is such a fun guy. I th- I think he's I think he is what sums up streets won't forget. When we're down the pub, for example, which is the crux of the, the hmm. debate, really, in the pub chat. You're not telling stories about Leighton. You should be. No, you're it's not. You're be. not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going, oh, did you see that free kick against Southampton? Top bins. As I mean, good it is as a banger, but... We're sitting there going, do you remember when Ibuwe spoke to the Queen? Yeah. Do you remember when he asked what a wank was on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> and I think... Do you remember when he tried to when... learn North Korean in a matter of two seconds? Exactly. And I think that's the kind of player that the streets shouldn't forget. So I think I, I've talked myself into, with enough Wax Lyricals voting for Emmanuel Abue. See, this is why I'm I love this pod. Yeah, this is why we love this pod because we've got a player in there that would never have won an award for anything football no, related it. unless it was this. He absolutely deserves it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Good voting. And he's tied for the, the most league titles with the other two on this list anyway. So, Well, I don't know. I quickly looked up what Leighton Baines had won and... Uh, Everton goal of the season. He was the runner-up in the championship in 2004-2005. And he was, he was in the PFA team of the year twice. Do you know what, Wally? With you, with you, with you being half Gibraltar, I'm surprised you didn't go with Danny Higginbottom for this. <laughs> <laughs> How did we not with Rory Delap? Oh, no. I, know, yeah. I think he played a right mid, though, as well. Did he? Yeah, I, I think he did. Yeah. Right oh, look at you having a Matty Taylor moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our wide midfielders sorted, though. Oh, goodness <laughs> yeah. me. And you know what? As we've retroactively taken Kolarov's Inter Milan medal away from him, Bue has the most league titles on this list. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, where we go? We can't Incredible. take it away. There we can. In our book, he won two. They have both played at a World Cup as well. Yeah, and arguably, have. I would think Abue's had a greater impact. One of them's, one of them's <laughs> only spoken North Korean at a World Cup, and it's not Colin. <laughs> yeah, only, only one of them has absolutely rattled an entire nation. Oh, so. well, man. Well, Emmanuel Abue joins a, a growing list of uh, of elite ballers in the streets. Don't forget Hall of Fame. Uh, I wouldn't quite say he's an elite baller. He's not in there for his footballing ability, but nevertheless, so are we going to have to put an asterisk on that now? Um, elite ballers. 
asterisk. And no, no, I think we'll allow him in there. He's an elite baller for another reason. Yeah, I agree. I back that. It's the end of the episode, but there is, as always, the quiz. I am back in charge now this week after last week's shambles. <laughs> We've got a new quiz this week. I've mixed it up. It's something different we've not done before, and it is called Who's the Boss? Oh, The rules Ooh. are pretty simple. I'm going to give you a season from Premier League history. You're going to take turns, yeah. and all you have to tell me is a club who were in the league that season and name me the manager or managers for that season, for that respective club. Well, just one at a time, so I don't have the name you like. Uh, if it's uh, a team uh, that had you've, four managers. You've, you've, you've gone way too early. I wasn't. Uh, sorry, it's just I'm f***ing myself already. <laughs> I thought I'd make it slightly more difficult than we've had the past few weeks, because it has been a bit <laughs> easy. So, there is a twist. If you decide to go with a club who had more than one manager in that season, you have to name all of the managers in that one go. And as always, you have three lives each. Okay. Well, Harry, let's hope to God that Watford aren't in this. We <laughs> might be in trouble. The season is 2014-15. Okay. Okay. And would you like to go first? Okay. As you are ahead on the on the quizzing series. I am gonna say. Mm, not sure if they sacked the season. I'm gonna say Tottenham. And Maurizio Pochettino. Tottenham. Maurizio Pochettino. Tottenham. Is a correct answer. Thank you very much. Um, I will go with Arsenal and go Arsenal. No. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go for that first, Ben. I'm going to be honest. Because that is I was trying to keep that in my back pocket. Oh, yeah. Nice one. That's gone well. Uh, that is a correct yeah, answer. Right. To you, Ben. Um, can I have Jose Mourinho at Chelsea? Chelsea. Oh. Jose Mourinho. Was he there? Chelsea. Chelsea. It's when they it won is the, the year they won the league. It's a correct answer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure about United. Burnley, Sean Dyche. I feel like that is a fairly solid shout. I think it's safe. <laughs> that is correct answer. There we go. Very nice. Uh, I reckon I do know United. Uh, I think it's a, a man that we have a utter hatred for. For just falling out <laughs> with his players all the time. Was it, was it the Louis, Louis van Hals army? Is a correct answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. I'll go Everton. Yep. And I'll go Roberto Martinez. Everton and Roberto Martinez. They got a lot of mentions. Everton today. They've done well for themselves. Is a correct answer. Thank you. The only time Roberto Martinez will be a correct answer. He's never the answer. <laughs> I think Belgium would agree with you. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Manchester City. Mm -hmm. And Manuel Pellegrini. Ooh. Mm, I think it is. I think it is Pellegrini. I think it's because it's the year after they won the league. And I think they finished second. Manchester City and Manuel Pellegrini. That's a correct answer. Love that. Uh, we've had Tottenham, and we yeah, we have. It was Pochettino. Yeah, we have indeed. So I'm gonna go Southampton then. Okay. And I'll go Ronald Koeman. Southampton. And Ronald Koeman. It's a correct answer. Cool. Okay. The Star Boys. That's just strong. Yeah, the thing is, we're well, you wait till you a, get to the dregs. Big team. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> getting to the the, the sackers is going to get us. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna nick the last of them and say Liverpool and Brendan Rodgers. I think that's yeah the last. I safe think one. I think there's one year. more safe one or two more. Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers. The correct answer. Ooh. Right. Um, 
I think the last safe one, I think it's the season before Leicester won the league and they they got Ranieri at the end of that season. And I think at the start of the season and through the season they had Nigel Pearson because he was on about the ostrich, you know, put your head on. So just ostrich, to yeah. confirm, you are saying Leicester had only one manager, or are you saying No, I'm saying they had Nigel Pearson. That's, that's fine. Leicester City and Nigel Pearson. Your head out of the sand, boy. It's a correct answer. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to take a punt with an iconic manager team duo. I'm going to say Stoke City and Mark Hughes. Yeah, I think it's not where I thought you were going. Oh, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm not going there either. I know because I I reckon. The one you're thinking of is Ooh, it somewhere Oh, okay. Stoke City. Oh, if he is. And Mark Hughes. Whether he was there. Is right. a correct answer. Yeah. Oh, mate, if he's there, then <laughs> I'm gonna go West Brom, and they had two managers. Oh, you go. You're going brave. I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go two because, well, they might have had three. If you include, are you including caretakers? No. Okay. Okay. Well. West Brom had Tony Pulis. They did indeed, I reckon. And they got rid of him. And then Alan Irvine was caretaker because then we had him. And it's Pepe Mel. Hmm. It's brave and bold from you. I know they had those two. Did they have any more? Did they get rid of him before the end of the season? West Brom and Alan Irvine and Tony Pulis. No, no, no. Pepe Mel. Oh. Well then. Pepe Mel and Tony Pulis. Yeah. Is an incorrect answer. Oh no. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this. I'm gonna buzz okay. in. Can I have West Brom with Tony Pulis and Adam Irvin? Adam Irvin! Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh <laughs> Nick it back if you want. After the after the Mark Marquez Rafa Marquez incident, are <laughs> we know. are we going to let him off with this one because he did let you off, Harry? I mean, he's just heard me say it though. That's the problem. That is a bit pathetic. I'm undecided as to what to do here. It is your choice, my friend. West Brom and Tony Pulis and Alan Irving. Oh, he's giving it to him. It's a correct answer. I was gonna say that is a that is an unfortunate. He's getting away with shockers. I would have felt very hard done by if you'd given him Mark Marquez and didn't give me Adam. Yeah, but I hadn't heard it just before me, and then proceeded to correct myself. (laughs) So just to confirm, Harry Pepe Mel was uh, got rid of before the season started. Oh no. Um, I think. I'm gonna go with Crystal Palace, yeah. and I'll have Alan Pardew. I think they got Champions, uh, not Champions League, FA Cup final this year, and he obviously did the iconic dance. Crystal Palace and Alan Pardew is an incorrect answer. Oh no! We are down to a single life. to you, Ben. I am going to say Aston Villa. Yep. Not Aston Villa. <laughs> and Paul Lambert. Aston Villa and Paul Lambert is an incorrect answer. On our 2-1. I'll go Aston Villa and Tim Sherwood. The Gilet man. Aston Villa. Tim Sherwood. It's an incorrect answer. No way. They had both. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't realise we had to... Oh, right, okay. Were you not listening to the rules? Yeah, I but said I... you have to guess both. <laughs> I went... You guessed both of the West Bromwich managers. Yeah, because I knew them. You pillock. Oh, man. What a way You've to absolutely end. blown that. We had an absolute stinker this week, mate. It's I not got a name wrong, and you didn't understand the rules. No, he no, he understood the rules and then forgot them. Oh man! 
We'd have been sacked in February if we were the manager. Do you like the full list of the managers? Or... Oh, there's got to be some draws. So, Arsenal was obviously Arsene Wenger, Aston Villa, Paul Lambert and Tim Sherwood, uh, Burnley, Sean Dyche, Chelsea, Jose Mourinho, Crystal Palace, who I believe you said, Harry, Yeah. was Alan Pardew, who was a correct answer, but they also had Neil Warnock. Oh, of course they did. Uh, Everton was Roberto Martinez, Hull City was Steve Bruce, which is one you didn't get. I didn't know whether Hull were there okay, or not. We're not going yeah, Leicester City yeah. was Nigel Pearson, Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers, uh, Man City was Pellegrini, Man United, Louis Van Gaal. Newcastle was an interesting one. It was John was Carver. Was this John Carver? Yeah. And Alan Pardew. John Carver said he was the greatest coach in the league. Yeah, and he replaced Alan Pardew. Oh. Uh, uh, QPR was Harry Redknapp and Chris Ramsey. I remember Chris Ramsey. Oh, Southampton was Ronald Koeman, which you got. Another one you got was Stoke and Mark Hughes. Uh, you also got Spurs with Mauricio Pochettino. These remaining ones you didn't get. Sunderland? Sunderland was Gus Poyet and Dick Advocate. Dick Advocate, yeah. Uh, Swansea was Gary Monk. Oh, And West Ham. Sam? Was it Big Sam? It was Big Sam. Yeah. How did we not get Big Sam? I didn't Sam? know whether they had know. more than one. I didn't know whether they got rid of him. Yeah, there's like there's a list of about six clubs he could be at at any. Given well, I thought time. they might have got rid of him for I don't know Slavin Bilic maybe. No, oh, maybe. Oh, he was there for the I mean, whole season. Not, so, well, incredible. Compared to your other efforts, that was that was piss poor. That's three all. If we we kind of had a stinker, but I'm going to leave with my head held high. What do you mean it's three all? Is this not four, four two? Or two? I heard you say 3-2, and I was like, I don't know who it's to. <laughs> not you, clearly. Well, I've lost track, mate. <laughs> I've had the break in between. Yeah, you're not having the, you're not having the win against Dak. I just turn up for the quiz, and I turn up mm. for the winning. Like, you know. That's the difference, mate. I'm here for the trophy. <laughs> I'm here for the individual game, mate. That was another episode of the Streets Don't Forget podcast. Emmanuel Abue is the newest member of the Streets Don't Forget Hall of Fame. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been some episode, honestly, from start to finish. I forgot that he's the one that got in. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We shall see you next week. Gera can hit them. Did oh, what a goal by Zoltan Gera! And still Baptista, yes! It's Kavai, it's fantastic! One from David Villa! Finish. He's done just that. He scored. Jorginho's done it. Yakubu making another glimpse of goal here. That is terrific. Louis Vuitton's army. <laughs> Louis Vuitton's army.